0: It's August 25th, 2019, and that means there's four more months until Christmas. Today on the show, we'll be celebrating the 30th anniversary of the movie National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. We'll also talk gift ideas for that special mom in your life with a special panel of experts on moms. We'll also share a way to put a little Christmas in your correspondence, and we'll kick off round two of the Road to the Christmas Bowl. Okay, let's start the show. Greetings, fellow Merrymakers! Welcome to another Merry and Bright edition of the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. The Polar Express of podcasts, except you don't need a ticket, there is no train, and we don't go to the North Pole. Actually, the show is nothing like the Polar Express, come to think of it. But this show is about reveling in the joy and magic that Christmas brings all year long. And to that end, I think we should jump right into our first segment, We Need a Little Christmas, Now! We need a Even though our listener feedback special was last month, some folks are still contacting us through our email, Facebook, or even Twitter, like this Twitter message I got from Jim that I thought was a great idea for our Need a Little Christmas Now segment. Jim writes, One thing I do for Christmas spirit all year long is buy extra stamps during the season and use them as long as they last. I know people don't mail as much as they used to, but not only does it help me, but other people see it and also hopefully helps raise their Christmas spirit. That is a great idea, Jim, and one that I totally do too. This last Christmas, I bought a bunch of those Santa stamps the post office was selling, and I totally still have some and use them whenever I mail things. Sadly, as you mentioned, we don't really use snail mail, as you kids call it, as often as we used to, but it is nice to add a little Christmas spirit to my mailings. I don't use them on bills, though. Maybe it's a little jaded of me, but I feel like you're already getting my money. You don't get my Christmas stamps. I save those. I save them. Anywho, thanks for the tip, Jim, and I'd love to hear more ideas for how you add Christmas to your everyday. Be sure to send your Christmas Now tips into Christmas at tancast.com, and we might use yours on the show as well. And now let's move on to our next segment: Five Golden Things. One part of Christmas that stresses people out is buying presents. Sometimes you just don't know what to get someone. I find this especially true of the mother of my adorable children, who just so happens to be my amazing wife. Now, I love my wife like an elf loves Christmas, but she's not the easiest person to shop for. Me, I'm easy. Get the latest Marvel movie on Blu-ray and I'm good to go. And it would be nice if that Marvel movie could have Spider-Man in it, Sony! Hey Tim, this is not the time or place. Sorry, imaginary listener, sounds like Kermit the Frog, you're right. Stick to the topic at hand, buying presents for your wife. Right, right. I want to get my wife something she'll like. So, like most people trying to solve a problem these days, I turned to the internet and found an article in Good Housekeeping called 40 Perfect Gifts for the Best Mom Ever. So, I grabbed a handful of these gift ideas because I wasn't going to do all of them. (laughs) I ain't Casey Kasem and this ain't a top 40 list. Woof. No? No, man, no. Well, anyway, I went through these gift ideas and I narrowed them down to the ones I thought were the best. Now, perhaps a smarter podcast host would have gotten some sort of endorsement deal to get paid for talking about these products, but that's not how I roll. So don't think you have to run out and buy any of this stuff to support this show. They don't know I exist. These are just some suggestions that tickled my fancy. But... To help me judge whether or not my wife would like these gifts, I've asked a panel of mom experts to analyze this list with me. And by mom experts, I mean my two sons, Michael and James. Say hello, Michael. Hi. Say hello, James. Hi. Thank you guys for joining me. Okay, so you're going to help me rank these gift ideas to see which ones you think mommy would like the most. Can you help me do that? Yeah. Yes. Okay, let's get started with... Number five. Backslash self-rolling yoga mat. So when you're done doing yoga on this mat, you just flip it over and flip up the end, and it rolls itself up. Plus, it's a smart yoga mat, and it can connect to your Alexa smart speaker and talk you through your yoga exercise. What do you guys think Mommy would think about this? All right, they're watching the video. It's rolling itself up. This is scintillating stuff for the podcast listeners who can't see this video.
1: (laughs) Ha <laughs> Yeti yeah <yeti. laughs> dancing, dancing around with yoga. Mats. <sighs>
0: so do you guys think Mom would like do you think that would be a good Christmas present for Mommy?
1: Yeah, as long as you get the Alexa too. <laughs> yeah, you get the Alexa because I love her.
0: All right, so they're more in favor of buying Alexa than buying the thing. Moving on? Number four. Golden State Fruits' six love berries. These are six big California strawberries dipped in dark chocolate, milk chocolate, and white chocolate. Amazon will deliver them right to your door. What do you think, boys? Would Mommy like six chocolate-covered strawberries for Christmas?
1: Hmm. Kind of. I don't don't think she likes white chocolate, though, does she?
0: That's a good question. I should probably know. James, what did you think?
1: Yeah. And I think it would be all melted since they're getting delivered.
0: It, it does make you wonder how they get here and they're not all, and they wouldn't be all melted and or like gross. But I I mean, they wouldn't offer them if they delivered them gross, would they?
1: I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> Actually,
0: there probably was. Number three. Ember's Temperature Control Smart Mug. Yes, even coffee mugs are smart now. So I picked this one because my wife has to keep reheating her coffee in the microwave, and I thought a mug that could keep it warm for her was a great idea. The downside is it only has an hour of battery life, so unless you put it in the charging station, you only get an hour of heat. But I like that you can control the temperature of the cup with your phone. Oh, also, it's like 80 bucks. That's a bit steep for one coffee mug. What do you boys think?
1: Yeah, it's expensive, but yeah.
0: Number two. Revlon's One Step Hair Dryer and Styler. It's a brush. It's a hair dryer. Stop. You're both right. Basically, this allows you to blow dry your hair while you brush it. What do you guys think?
1: It could tangle your hair.
0: That is true. It could.
1: And it could pull it. I'm seeing how much it is. Wow. It's only $37. Yeah. It's kind of cheap. It's only $37. So, yeah, that's that. Mommy would probably like that. Yeah. But it, it'll probably, it probably will pull your hair though. And pull cool it too.
0: And pull your hair
3: at the same time so it'll hurt you.
0: Alright, so, a may- we'll call that a maybe. Honorable
2: mentions!
0: Life Around to Angels Bath Bomb Gift Set. You could say that this gift is Da Bomb. Da Bath Bomb, that is. Get a set of 12 bath bombs. What do you boys think of that?
1: Um, No, because Mommy doesn't take baths. She takes showers. Yeah.
0: (laughs) See, that was one I tried to throw in as a trick because I thought the boys would be like, yeah, we should get that because who likes bath bombs? Me. And me. (laughs) But they were too clever to fall for my trick. M.H. Clark's I Love You Mom and Here's Why This one is super cute It's a book that you write before you give it to mom It asks you a bunch of questions of why you love your mom And then you fill in the answers So it's not some gift you get off the shelf It's a personal piece of gratitude that you can give to your mom What do you boys think of that? Nah, I don't want to do the writing but, what, but you could say something cute And mom be like, oh look at this cute thing My son's wrote for me, it's so adorable, I love
1: it I still kind of don't want to do the writing
0: But what if I did the writing for you? Then, yeah.
1: Okay, yeah, because I don't really want to do it.
0: But you'll answer the questions and I'll just write down your answers?
3: No, no, Michael should answer the questions. What
0: about you? No. Why not? No. You don't think mommy wants to hear about you? I don't like, have. Like, but let's, let's practice. Uh, what's something you really love about mommy?
3: Uh, I like. <laughs> That she gives presents to me for my birthday.
0: Really? Really? If those are going to be your answers, maybe we shouldn't give her this book. Let's try Michael. Michael, what's something you really love about Mommy? Uh, Pass. Yikes. This seemed like such an adorable gift idea when I thought of it, but apparently when the rubber meets the road, these kids are not going to help me out. Well, that's our list. I'd like to thank my panel of mom experts, Michael and James. Thank you very much, boys.
1: You're welcome. You're welcome.
0: All right. Now, if you're interested in any of these gifts, I actually put a link in the show notes to the full good housekeeping list of 40 ideas that can't wait for Christmas dot com. You can check these out along with the rest and feel free to write in and let us know if there's a gift on that list that we should have mentioned, especially if you're a mom. Us dads need all the mom help we can get. Speaking of you writing in, let's see what y'all have to say about our July episode in our next segment, Feedback from Our Last Show.
2: Messages from listeners everywhere. Feedback on our last show. Feedback on our
0: last show. First, I just want to say thank you. We got so much love about the segment on grief during the holidays in our last episode. I wasn't sure how well that segment would go over, but based on everyone's responses, it seems like we did okay. And I want to send some extra love to Justin, whose email about his lost father inspired that segment. He actually wrote me a few days ago and said, "'Thank you so much for that last episode. I listened to it twice. Admittedly, it made me cry both times, but that is okay. After the second listen, I sat down with my wife and kids and talked about how we could honor Dad, Grandpa, at Christmas.' We came up with a great idea. We're going to have a memorial ping pong tournament on Christmas Eve. My dad loved beating us all at ping pong. We'll listen to Christmas music and play games until we have a winner. The winner will get a trophy that they'll get to keep all year. Then we'll do it again the following year. A new tradition. Thanks for all the kind words and advice. That sounds like a great idea, Justin. It's fun. It has a tangible tie to your father. And it's something everyone can participate in. I hope it raises your spirits this Christmas Eve and beyond. Another thing that got attention from last month's episode was when Rachel wrote in to tell us about her Leon Day picnic, and one of the things she mentioned having at the picnic was pretzel salad. Now, I was very confused because I had never heard of such a thing. Well, Jeff left a comment on our Facebook page saying, Tim and everyone else, is pretzel salad really that weird? I'm assuming Rachel was referring to something like this recipe, and he leaves a link, which I'll put in the show notes of this episode. And he says, if not, Rachel, I'm sorry for making assumptions. I thought this was a thing that everyone did for picnics, especially in the late 90s. I felt like I couldn't go anywhere outdoors without at least one person bringing this with them. Please tell me I'm not crazy, everyone. Don't worry, Jeff. You're not crazy. On the post about the episode, Rachel left a separate comment where she left a link to a very similar strawberry pretzel salad recipe. I'll put both of those links in the show notes of this episode, but I have still never heard of this, and since both recipes feature cream cheese prominently, it doesn't sound like I'll be having it anytime soon. But you crazy kids, feel free to enjoy. Now, let's move on to more general feedback as I pop open Santa Bab's Mailbag. Santa Bab, he is gonna read some emails from you, or tweets, or Facebook messages, to Santa Bab, he is opening up his mailbag tonight. This was a Facebook message we got from Barrett, who says, Hey Tim, I love the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. Unfortunately, my RSS podcast app, Juice, is not reading the URLs to podcasts I listen to correctly. I was hoping to find Can't Wait for Christmas and Spotify podcasts, but it's not there. I was hoping you can add it to Spotify. Well, guess what? I totally did add the podcast to Spotify. So now you can tell all your friends who weren't listening to the show because it wasn't on Spotify that they have no more excuses and they totally have to listen now. That's not how that works. That's not how that works? Totally not how that works. Well, all right. But do they allow you to review podcasts and rate them on Spotify? Because if they do, I will totally extend my offer to send you a sticker or a temporary tattoo, just like if you leave a review on iTunes if you leave one on Spotify. Just leave the review and then email me at christmas at tancast.com, and we will ship one of those out to you. Now a word from one of the other podcasts in the Christmas Podcast Network. Christmas. Thank you for that word. The Can't Wait for Christmas podcast is part of the Christmas Podcast Network, a collection of the greatest Christmas podcasts around. You can find out more about all the shows on the network at christmaspodcastnetwork.com. Now, if you didn't immediately recognize that voice... That was Brian Earle from Christmas Past. I'll be joining him for his live podcast taping at the Great Dickens Christmas Fair in Daly City, California on Saturday, November 24th. There'll be live music, trivia, prizes, and more. So mark your calendar and come join us, won't you? You'll have a Dickens of a good time. Oh, boy. Don't worry. Brian's in charge of writing it, not me. Now, before we move on to our feature segment, I've got a quick Christmas movie news bulletin. So it's time for All I Want for Christmas is News.
2: Baby, all I want for Christmas is news. Yeah, give me that news, baby. Yeah, news.
0: So the D23 Expo is going on right now in Anaheim, California, and like. As I'm recording this, news is coming out of the Expo, and they dropped the first trailer for the first Christmas movie that's going to premiere on Disney's Disney Plus streaming service. It's called Noel, and it stars Anna Kendrick, Billy Eichner, Bill Hader, and Shirley MacLaine. Anna Kendrick plays Santa Claus's sister who has to find Santa and save Christmas. Here's a little taste of the trailer. For
3: the first time in 2,000 years, Santa
2: has disappeared i just said he should take the weekend off we must have a new center gabriel tringle me i'm in the tech department and loving it what about a rescue mission do you mind telling me what you're doing i'm going to get my brother and you're coming with me
3: stay right where you are
2: we are looking for santa claus
1: you don't tell anybody who you are
2: where are you from little town up north
1: Or where you came from
2: sir it's a privilege to wear that suit put some pants on so naughty christmas eve is less than 48 hours away this could be the perfect time to start an online delivery platform we gotta find santa for thousands of years we've jingled bells and delivered toys and we must make sure nothing changes that
0: like i said when i posted the link to the trailer on our twitter feed like i needed another excuse to get disney plus but now, let's move on to today's feature segment and take a look at the Christmas classic celebrating its 30th anniversary this year, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oh, stop, stop. I'm sorry, stop. Right off the bat, I messed up. See, I'm not much of an expert on the vacation movies, but apparently, this is the only one in the series not to feature the song Holiday Road. Although, it sounded an awful lot like the song was in the trailer. But they actually commissioned a whole new christmas song for the film which is aptly titled christmas vacation so this movie is pretty unique in terms of christmas movies it's actually the third in a series of movies where the first two had nothing to do with christmas yet it totally works on its own it could be partially because it was based on a short story by john hughes Apparently, Hughes was not a big fan of sequels, though. Even though he wrote the first movie in the series, National Lampoon's Vacation, he did not come back for the sequel, National Lampoon's European Vacation. And he was quick to inform people that he was not at all involved with the later Vegas Vacation. So what brought him back for Christmas Vacation? The chance to adapt his short story, Christmas 59, which appeared in National Lampoon magazine in 1980. Now, like I said, I'm a bit of an outsider to this whole series. I vaguely remember seeing the European Vacation when I was a kid. I didn't see the original Vacation until I was almost done with college, and I've never seen Vegas Vacation or the recent sequel-slash-reboot with Ed Helms. So, Christmas Vacation definitely passed me by while it was in theaters. I know I saw it much later in life. I was at a party, and the only thing I really remember was laughing a lot when Chevy Chase's character snaps towards the end. So, when I re-watched it for this episode, I didn't really remember most of it. It was almost like watching it for the first time. Actually it was great to finally have a frame of reference for those quotes I hear in the intro to the My Mary podcast and Tis the podcast.
2: That thing had nine lives, she just spent them all. <laughs>
0: So I assume everyone in the world but me has seen this movie many, many times, but I'm going to go through the plot anyhow. It starts with an animated opening credit sequence where Santa gets involved in pratfall after pratfall while trying to deliver presents to the Griswold home, to the tune of the aforementioned Christmas Vacation Song. Apparently, that was a last minute change and the original plan was for an instrumental score to accompany the opening animation, which is why it's not really timed to the song. Then we meet the Griswolds. Clark, played by Chevy Chase, is determined to have an old-fashioned family Christmas this year. So he and his wife Ellen, portrayed by Beverly D'Angelo, have packed the kids in the car and are headed out to cut down their own tree. While Chevy and Beverly are returning champions from the vacation and European vacation movies, the kids, Rusty and Audrey, are played by newcomers to the series Johnny Galecki from The Big Bang Theory and Academy Award nominee Juliette Lewis, respectively. Apparently, every movie recasts the kids. They've never played by the same two actors twice. This was even something they addressed in some Old Navy commercials they did a few years back with Chase, D'Angelo, and Lewis, along with a bunch of other Rustys and Audreys. Hey, kids, how are you liking those sweaters, Audrey? Love the stripes. Russ? Awesome dad. Audrey? Super cute.
3: You're old Rusty? Rad Dad. And you two, who are you?
0: New Audrey and Rusty. It's bedtime. But for Christmas vacation, they did a little more than change the actors. They actually changed their ages. In the first two vacation movies, Rusty was clearly the older sibling. Now Audrey is clearly the older sibling. That's the vacation movies for you. Messing up continuity long before the X-Men. Anywho, they hike out into the middle of the snow-covered forest and find the perfect tree. Then, Rusty asks if Dad brought a saw. We see his smile fade into an unmistakable look of, No, I did not bring a saw. Then we cut to the car, driving away with the tree on top, but instead of being sawed off at the bottom, there are roots and dirt at the bottom like the tree was plucked from the ground like a flower. Now, I promise I'm not going to get this bogged down in every detail of the movie, but how did they get that tree out of the ground? Did they dig it out with their hands? Whatever they did, it seems next to impossible. But anyway, they get it home and we're introduced to the Griswold's neighbors, Margot and Todd Chester, played by Veeps, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, and Nicholas Guest, respectively. We're not really told why, but Clark hates Todd and Margot. I mean, yes, Todd does snarkily ask Clark where he's going to put a tree that big, but Clark fires back with way more hostility than necessary.
3: Hey, Griswold, where do you think you're going to put a tree that big? Bend over and I'll show you. You've got a lot of nerve talking to me like that, Griswold.
0: I wasn't talking to you. Look, I know we're supposed to be on Clark's side because he's the star of the movie, but Clark is kind of a jerk throughout this entire movie. He invited his parents and his wife's parents to stay with him for like a week before Christmas because he is dead set on having this old-fashioned family Christmas, despite Ellen warning Clark that it might not be the best idea. And then when the parents arrive, at the exact same time, I might add, how did that work out with two sets of parents, presumably from two different houses, they hit the front porch at exactly the same time? Anyway, when the parents arrive and all manner of bickering and arguing breaks loose, Clark goes outside to escape by decorating the house. Not to mention he puts his whole family in danger by going full road rage mode in the beginning of the movie. And on top of that, this married man who is already way out over his skis with the lovely Ellen has the gall to flirt with the attractive lady at the underwear counter. Is that a thing? I guess. Anyway, it, it is a funny scene to watch Chevy Chase fumble and bumble his way through talking to the sales lady, but man, is it uncomfortable to watch this married man ogling and flirting with another woman.
2: Can I show you something? I was just...
3: Smelling. Smiling. I was just browsing.
2: <laughs> for your wife or your girlfriend?
3: <sighs>
2: what? What happened? Oh, oh. Oof. guess wouldn't be any... Oh. <laughs> wouldn't be the Christmas shopping season if the stores were any less hooter than they are. Harder than they are.
3: Ooh, it is warm in here. Well, you have your coat
2: on. Yes, oh, do I? How did that happen?
3: Because it's cold out?
2: <laughs> yes, yes. It is it's a bit nipply out. I mean nippy out. <laughs> what did I say, nipple? <laughs> uh, there is a nip in the air, though. Can I take something out for you?
0: Plus, the biggest victims of Clark's jerky behavior are those poor neighbors. Think of it from their point of view. He insults Margot in a fairly lewd way, launches an icicle through their window, destroying their stereo and soaking their carpet. He blinds them with Christmas lights, he smashes another one of their windows by cutting down a tree and letting it smash into their house, and then, when Margot finally goes to confront Clark about it, she gets attacked by a squirrel and then a huge, snot-covered dog. I know we're supposed to hate Chesters because they're yuppies, but come on. They had a rotten Christmas. Cut them some slack. And why is the carpet all wet, Todd? I don't know, Margot. And you can take some of that slack from Cousin Eddie, Randy Quaid's character. That dude is a stone-cold jerk. He plays it off like he's just a simpleton, but he is a calculating manipulator who worms his way into the Griswold house where he intends to stay for a month. He casually cons Clark into buying Christmas presents for his kids, not to mention all that dog food he piled up while they were in the store, and then he dumps his chemical toilet waste into the sewer, leading to a massive explosion, which is actually my favorite part of the movie, but we'll get to that in a bit. But speaking of explosions, the Griswold house takes quite a beating over the course of this film. One of the side plots of the movie is that Clark has put a big down payment on a pool that he wants to get the family for Christmas but it was more than he had to spend, so he's really counting on his Christmas bonus. Then it turns out his boss decided not to give Christmas bonuses this year, and Clark doesn't find out until Christmas Eve. When he does find out, he goes on an unhinged rant, which, like I said, until this viewing, used to be my favorite part of the movie.
3: If any of you are looking for any last-minute gift ideas for me, I have one. i like Frank Shirley, my boss, right here tonight. I want him brought from his happy holiday slumber over there on Melody Lane with all the other rich people, and I want him brought right
2: here. With a big ribbon on his head. And I wanna look him straight in the eye, and I wanna tell him what a cheap, lying, no-good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, hopeless, heartless, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of he is! Hallelujah! Where's the Tylenol?
0: Yeah, I clipped some of the parts out of that rant since this is a family-friendly show. But I don't want you to worry about Clark's bonus. Cousin Eddie kidnaps Clark's boss and brings him to the house. Amazingly, this leads to Clark getting his Christmas bonus back. So the day is saved and he has the money for the pool, right? Well, not so fast. Let's tally up all the expenses Clark has been racking up this whole movie. There's the aforementioned presents for Cousin Eddie's kids, the damage that had to have been done to the car when he ran it off the road on the way to get the Christmas tree, the gutter that he ripped off the roof, the hole he put in the ceiling of Rusty's room when he was trapped in the attic, all that damage that Cousin Eddie's dog does when he's chasing the squirrel all over the house, and the cops break pretty much every window when they come storming in to rescue Clark's boss. Is this Christmas bonus going to cover all that and a pool? You better get yourself aside, Hustle Clark. So, before we get to my favorite part of the movie, I want to throw out a couple of fun facts I found, which was harder than I expected. I tried listening to the commentary track on the DVD, but they spend the majority of the time, no joke, talking about Beverly D'Angelo's hair. isn't...
1: See, I look at this, and all I remember is that I hadn't quite decided what to do with my hair. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I think I, I remember. Was, I was trying that. to wear as many hats as possible. It's like, am I going to cut it? Am I going to be... Because, as we all know, that was the most important acting choice I ever made in this movie. And
3: originally... You decided to go along with it, huh, Beverly?
1: Uh, this was the fine. No, no, no. I still hadn't decided. This was the smooth uh, side part thing. That's all I, I had to offer as an oh, actress was my hair. I remember this set. But we, you know. <laughs> <laughs> See, there's a new hairstyle i just <laughs> like to point out. I got another hairstyle going on.
0: Just want to point it out. One bit of trivia is that this is the only vacation sequel to spawn its own sequel. There was a made-for-TV movie called Nash Lampoon's Christmas Vacation 2, Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure. They got Randy Quaid to come back, as well as Miriam Flynn, who plays his wife, Cousin Catherine. Now, I haven't seen that, and I'm not going to lie to you, I don't plan on it. Doesn't exactly look like it recaptured the magic of the original. Another fun fact, this Christmas movie helped lead to another famous Christmas movie. Apparently the original director found Chevy Chase a little hard to work with and he left the project. But John Hughes gave him a script for another Christmas movie he was working on. That director was Chris Columbus, and he would go on to direct that script a year later. A little movie you might have heard of called Home Alone. Christmas Vacation is actually the highest grossing film in the vacation series, but as Beverly D'Angelo points out in the commentary when she's not talking about her hair, when adjusted for inflation, the first vacation movie actually sold more tickets. So, there you go. Also, at one point in the movie, Audrey is complaining to her mom that it's super weird that she has to share a bed with her brother. Well, I don't know if this was an intentional joke or not, but last year on the Roseanne spinoff of The Conners, Johnny Galecki guest starred as the ex-boyfriend of Sarah Gilbert's character, and his girlfriend on the show was played by Juliette Lewis. They were sharing a bed. Crazy. Speaking of famous people in this cast, and there are tons, this cast is all top-notch talent. Uh, I haven't mentioned Uncle Lewis and Aunt Bethany, played by William Hickey and Mae Questrell, respectively. Hickey is known to Christmas fans as the voice of Dr. Finkelstein in The Nightmare Before Christmas, and Questrell was the original voice of Betty Boop. And this leads me to my favorite part of the film. But first, let me back up. When they all sit down to eat, Clark asks Aunt Bethany to say grace. Instead, she recites the Pledge of Allegiance. Now, that's a funny enough scene, especially when Cousin Eddie stands up with his hand on his heart. Good times. Everybody's laughing, right? But it also sets up the beautiful finale to the movie. They're all outside looking at the night sky, and Uncle Louis goes to light up his cigar. He tosses a match toward the sewer, and it explodes, sending the Santa and the reindeer decorations rocketing into the sky. At this moment, Aunt Bethany sings the Star-Spangled Banner as this fiery chaos unfolds. And after a second... Everybody joins in. The family, Clark's boss, the cops. Everybody is totally into it. I laughed harder than I have in a good long while. And the
1: rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in air, gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. Oh, say does that star-strangle
0: So that's my look back at National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Now, even with no nostalgia for this movie, and even nitpicking it the way I did, I still really enjoyed it, and I'm thinking about showing it to my family this year. But my boys are eight and four, not sure if the language is too much. What do you say? Leave me a comment on the website, Facebook, or Twitter. Should I show Christmas Vacation to my boys yet, or wait a few years more?
2: It's the Christmas star.
3: that's all that matters tonight. Not bonuses, or gifts, or turkeys, or trees. See, kids, it means something different to everybody. Now I know what it means to me.
0: And while you're giving me that feedback, I should give you something to vote on. It's time once again for the Road to the Christmas Bowl. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: All year,
0: we're going to have two different Christmas dishes compete each month for your votes until we decide what is the ultimate Christmas food. Last time, we had a main course main event, a showdown between ham and turkey. Honey glaze versus butter basted. Who did you prefer? well with 72% of the vote, turkey is clearly your main, main course. And now that the first round is over, it's time for round two, where the winners from the past rounds go head-to-head to make it to the finals. And our first matchup is Pie versus Pie. Let's meet our contestants! Blah, 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 blah.
2: In the green corner,
0: having defeated Fruitcake in round one, this pie from across the pond is looking to make mincemeat out of the competition. It's mincemeat pie! Yeah! Corner, cooling off in the windowsill after clobbering cranberry sauce in round one. This pie is feeling lucky because it knows fall is pumpkin spice season. It's pumpkin pie! <laughs> it's up to you to pick the winner. The poll is open now at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. You can vote once a day, every day, until the polls close on September 23rd. Then we'll announce the winner on our September 25th show and see which one of these will continue on the
2: road to the Christmas Bowl.
0: And that's our show. Thank you as always for listening. Remember, if you have any moms in your life, be sure and check out the show notes for those gift ideas from Good Housekeeping. Hop on Spotify and find our show there thanks to Barrett. Be sure and mark your calendar for the live Christmas past show with yours truly at the Great Dickens Christmas Fair on November 24th. And of course, don't forget to vote for your favorite pie in our Christmas bowl poll. Okay, that's all the housekeeping I've got. When I see you next, it will officially be fall. So until then, have a merry every day and keep laughing all the way.
2: And that was Christmas 1983.
0: Actually, Dad is twenty nineteen.
2: Oh. Ho ho ho. Thank you for listening to the Can't Wait for Christmas Podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to us on iTunes, or we're available on Stitcher and Google Play as well. If you would like to leave a comment on this or any episode, go to our official website at Can't Christmas Pod While you're there, you'll find a link to our official Zazzle store where you can grab customizable t-shirts, ornaments, bumper stickers, and all sorts of other Christmas merchandise all year long. You can also also connect with us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash can't wait for Christmas pod. Or on Twitter, we are at Christmas pod. Or you could always send us an email directly at Christmas at tancast.com. The can't wait for Christmas podcast is part of the tancast podcast network. We wish you a Merry Christmas was performed by the United States Marine Corps Band. And this amazing version of Jingle Bells on the accordion was performed by the wonderful and talented Kristen Nowicki. All other music and sounds used in this episode are the properties of their individual copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. Okay, boys, did I forget anything?
1: God bless us, everyone. <laughs> oh, oh, oh.
0: Hey, Outtake fans. Uh, if you ever go to the website, you might notice that uh, one of our listeners, Marsha, often comments that she wishes the kids were on more. Well, I hope you enjoyed the kids on the show today, but these outtakes might show you why the kids aren't on more. It's like trying to herd ducklings in a busy street. <coughs> test, 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 test.
1: Blah 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 blah. Blah, you been Blah.
3: Do the, will, no, yes. not as loud as you can. I'll do the opposite
1: of that. i be... Are you sure that would happen? Yeah! Yeah!
0: Ooh, I love you. <laughs> All right, that was a good test. All right. So, full disclosure, we are doing this again, because we already recorded it once, and Daddy didn't save it, and that now that recording is whew,
1: gone. Ain't that great?
0: No, it is the opposite of great.
1: Aw. Uh, good. <laughs> but it's not your fault. Yay! Is it my fault?
0: <laughs> of course not. It was my fault. I didn't save it. I, yeah, I don't know what happened. Anywho, let's do this thing. Uh... Wait, wait, guys. Wait, wait.
1: That, why is there
0: that foaming stuff on the mic? Uh, I think it's to stop, like uh, like when you go and sometimes the air will go into the mic and it'll make a loud sound. So that's supposed to make that less happen.
1: Oh, great idea.
0: It doesn't stop it completely, but it helps.
3: Yes, because it's a lot of money and I really want to pay pay money so we can get a new iP- iPad and a new TV.
0: What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> You're so ridiculous. We can share our so, if we spend a lot of money on this coffee mug, somehow we can spend a lot of money on a new iPad too? How <laughs> doesn't make any sense.
3: No, spend the money that we got for
1: mug. For an iPad and a TV. No, yeah, you don't there's... get money for buying them all.
0: Okay, so the last gift we're going to look at is... That's the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's exactly what we
0: want. There we go. the Wizard of Oz. I mean, that's the gift you can use all year long. All right, it's time to go to bed. Good night.
1: Good night. Good night. Night, everybody. Get in your beds.
0: Get in your beds. Get in my Are
1: you going to cut-, cut a lot
0: of that out? Yeah, I'm going to cut a lot of that out. I mean, some of it I'll put in the outtakes, but...